There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, hey. It's Oak Island Day. It is. We, we don't got to tell them, like, we're late. Like We're not late. You're advertising. We're not late. We do this on the uh, Canadian Oak Island schedule now. Oh, I see. I knew that. Yeah. So what's up, everybody? Welcome to Could It Be an Oak Island Podcast. We're here to chat about Season 8, Episode 22, Be There or T-Square. 22? Yeah. Oh, man. I think there's three episodes left in the season after this. Yeah. So I had been saying for a while that the 24th was going to be the last episode, but it actually looks like the finale is going to be on the 9th. So, yes. Wait, not the 9th, the 4th. The 4th. May the 4th be with you. That's right. May the 4th be with. Whoa. May the fourth be with you. And Actually, it looks the, like. May, um, let's see here. Let's let's just double check here. I, I'm looking at it right now. So May fourth, yeah. and then there's the one hour thing before it. That's right. And then we have our regular, yep. and then I think the same thing happens the week before. I think so too. So. So um, yeah, but that that was that's that's in the future. Right now, we're talking about Be There or T-Square. We are, but I wanted to clear up the whole finale situation because I was, like, feeling so confident. So, ha. 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 All right, so we had a fun episode. As always. uh, Really cool artifacts being found Mm -hmm. and uh, surprising dates. So, lots Uh, of good stuff happening. Jeez, most of it, of course, happening in the swamp. So, we had a theorist this episode. Yep. um, And we did some drilling. Yep. Even though it was, even though it wasn't the money pit, mm-hmm. I mean nearish, yeah, obviously, and then swamp stuff. So where do you want to start? We should start at the money pit. Okay, we're done. Yay! Good <laughs> job. Okay, so do you want to go theorist? That was a that was a lot there, huh? Got that out of the way. <laughs> or do you want to go swamp? Or do you want to go swamp and then end with the theorist? Let's do swamp first. Swamp it because is. Because that's how the episode starts. We're journeying toward the swamp. We have Rick, Charles, and Doug arriving on the island, mm-hmm. and Rick calls Marty up on the phone. Of course. And he's like, we got some exciting news, big brother, or little brother. Marty! He, he'd be uh, I was, brother. I was about to just yell Marty. Actually, I kind of did. I meant to say Bravo Tango! What does that even mean? That means, like, did we did we find it? Is it Bravo Tango? Well, what's Bravo Tango, though? Like, I don't get it. I mean, it's a military... Is thing, that like, but I don't know that, that Bravo mil- Tango. It probably mi- means good job, in the Tango. Mil- in the military, if you find something uh, of great value, do you yell Bravo Tango? Is that it? No, I think that's like more of a never. You know what? I had no idea what that meant. I just thought it was funny that they start giggling over it. I'm, I'm so, sure they I'm sure understood something, something. that it meant. Did you find it? And he was like, "Oh, no, Bravo Tango." No. Yeah. So Rick. Uh, has Doug bring Marty up to speed about their findings in the swamp during the last episode where mm-hmm. they found um, wood. A ship's railing? A ship's railing. Really? In the uh, muck of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Really? And so about Doug, 10 feet down. 
yeah, Doug told him it was nine to ten feet down, and they brought up what appeared to be um, a finished piece of wood. Mm-hmm. And Marty asks, uh, "Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's shocked? Did they not tell him? Like, that, you know, so like Rick it was doesn't later just, in the day. Yeah, Rick doesn't like just shoot Marty a text, being like, "Hey, we found something crazy, brother." Apparently not. Like he wants to really tell him later after they've already dug the ship off. I guess. Maybe, you up. know what? Rick was probably tired and Rick doesn't ever stop, but he was probably tired. And if he would have called Marty and told him about it, he'd be like, get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't want to tell him to go back out in the dark and like, it it would have still been light in Michigan where uh, Marty Mm -hmm. probably was at the Mm -hmm. time. Who knows? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It would make, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, geez, (laughs) but you would think if they didn't call you like that night, Mm-hmm. You should know it's not a Bravo Tango. Yeah. Oh, he knows. Unless he's already like, hey, I'm fleeing with the Brinks truck. Yeah. He, he <laughs> would know. All right. So, yeah, Doug confirms that. Um, and he tells Marty that the, what what they found has a potential to be very, very old. Mm-hmm. And Charles takes over the phone call and tells Marty that Billy was riding on some wood. And he didn't know whether it was a platform or some long pieces of wood. But there's something... Uh, that's down there that he he hasn't hit the bottom of yet you know they haven't got to the bottom layer Mm -hmm. and marty was like wowzer 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 it's like that's a good one i i i feel like i should have gone in and got that as a clip though so when there's like something awesome i can be like wowzer okay you know what you have the ability to when this when this recording is over knock yourself out maybe i will (laughs) All right, so uh, Charles tells Marty that um, on this day, what their plan is to do is to expand that hole and take a better look and get a piece up. Mm-hmm. So that's what not just the rail. That's their deal. And uh, Marty said, is this classic or what? Uh, what is it with this bloody <laughs> island? Was he channeling Gary? <laughs> that's Gary another clip. What is it with this bloody island? <laughs> yeah, the rain is closing in. Gee whiz. Right? Yeah. The rain must be lucky. So Rick says they have uh, had they have some good weather on this day, mm-hmm. uh, but and they're going to take their advantage of it and they're going to take their time to get real understanding of what this might mean. Marty tells him that he thinks that this is big and he'll be waiting on pins and needles to get an update from Rick. And um, yeah, I mean they're they're getting ready to dig in the swamp. <sighs> Man, it's so weird oh. still because like they've always been wanting to dig in the money pit focus all their energy in the uh, Smith's Cove a couple years ago, and now it's a swamp. Well, both of those places, we had very solid history of something being there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the idea is to chase it. The things with Smith's Cove is to be able to confirm, mm-hmm. right, and be able to get current data on it, its locations. You know, Steve's going to GPS it. Right. And He's going to what? I'll grab my GPS. <laughs> I'll get my GPS. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, so, I can press that button too. It's well, there's not a bunch of Steves everywhere, but he mm. he runs amok. Yeah, they want him everywhere, though. right? So right now he has to be everywhere in the swamp because there's a bunch of stuff. There is, and um, I mean, the whole reason they were digging there is they're trying to get an idea of what that shoreline looked like. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. Well, oh, I mean, I want my phone um yeah so it will be i don't know it's gonna be tough for them to ever figure that out completely Mm -hmm. i mean they're south of the ship-shaped 
anomaly mm-hmm. and it's just oh this whole thing's bananas i uh the swamp e-a-n-a-n-a-s Let, let's get into what actually happens okay. here at the swamp so sure. uh steve scott gary and billy are waiting there for their arrival at the swamp after they've uh, talked to marty on the phone right yep. and steve tells rick that the pump has been working pump has been pumping the pump has been pumping it's doing its thing we're trying to get some of this water out here we know we they've had rain recently even though it's been such a dry summer right so they're fighting against that clotworthy explained that they had installed a six inch pump that was that morning or the night before so at some point Mm -hmm. to get as much water out due to that rainstorm you're talking about so Mm -hmm. it looked nice this day but it was rain the night before so no i mean Classic Oak Island. Classic Oak Island. Uh, Rick asks Billy what the plan is, and Billy says that they're going to continue moving water, uh, but they'll have to look closely at each bucket. Yeah. Um, he says that they're at a depth where it should be sand and gravel, but but it's not. Yeah. Should be, but it ain't. But it's wood. And muck. And uh, and porridge. I, and well, so says Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott says his porridge. Yeah, we'll get to that some at some time. <laughs> well, Rick says they should take their time, go mm-hmm. slow, let Gary Metal detect, allow Steve to take all his elevations. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, that's what I do. I take elevations. <laughs> and yeah, he says, oh, come on. I'll grab my GPS. I'll grab my GPS. <laughs> I think that's actually where that clip came from. Mm-hmm. Um sorry now i lost my spot uh yeah and charles is gonna hang out there with rick and put his eyes on what's going on um so while billy's up there you know they need someone to when they're doing the precision stuff to keep an eye on what's coming up that's how that they found that piece of wood was doug well doug was in the excavator Mm -hmm. with him and he he extra eyes he gets in that position this this day as well so yeah Mm -hmm. All right, so in a little side interview, Rick was talking about the bucket sliding over what they were trying to get to on the prior episode, that mm-hmm. uh, the wood and whatnot. And he says that uh, you shouldn't dream about the artifacts until you can put them in your hands. But, but we are. But I we mean, are. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's what I'm, we do. I'm, I'm sorry, Rick. The dream away, dream away. Yeah, so they're digging. They're kind of getting down to depth, and Billy and uh, Billy asks Scott if there's any way to get the pump running over here. And he says no because it's all just like porridge, like yeah. you said. You know, like it was so. Um, it's thick. The, the consistency was not going to uh, work with going through that pump, and so Rick says they'll just have to dig the stuff out. So mm-hmm. they're going to get that slop. It looks like slop. It does look like slop, and with it being so wet, and they're putting a hole, you know, just right in the middle where there's not really any structure. Mm-hmm. It's unstable. Kind of like you. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but they didn't have anything to help stabilize the ground. I've got ways to stabilize myself. Thank goodness. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, anywho, yep. B- Billy continues digging. Mm-hmm. Doug spots a timber. Uh-oh. What? What? Could it be? Running parallel, and Steve spots it and notes that it's like a really large suck. I mean, it is a big timber. Yeah, it was and uh it's gonna remain a hidden hidden gem for a while unfortunately i still think these look i mean it's big right 
it, it doesn't look like a ship in my opinion oh. i mean it, to that... me it doesn't look yeah. like it would be more than a like to me i'm guessing mm -hmm. more like the structures in smith's cove obviously we're not going to know more until <sighs> this next year but how many 15th century or 16th century uh ships have you seen lately all of them oh, okay. i've seen them all all right well i'll take your <laughs> i'll take your word for how it, many have you seen uh, do you think it's a ship i just, guess that just a few <laughs> it's not the ship-shaped anomaly um i think it could be i could think it could be part of a ship why not what else is going to be i'm just saying it's not part of the ship-shaped anomaly right. it's too far south maybe it is maybe it's a maybe... i mean it's another anomaly obviously <laughs> but it's not deep enough to be able to have been picked up by the seismic if it's only at 10 feet and seismic is usually what best that what what were they i thought I they were saying like 50 down. feet and yeah. down right yeah. 50 feet is shallow in the big scheme of things yeah and they're about 10 feet down so mm -hmm. per don't steep know. stick don't know don't know but maybe if if what if the seismic data that they got back just didn't really show much above you know the 50 foot and up and it actually did extend in that area it just wasn't visible on seismic i mean that's very very possible likely, i guess likely it's it's not likely but i think if they're trying to like they were building the road or whatever in there mm -hmm. and maybe they needed to try to divert some water perhaps don't know well, maybe we'll find out gonna... next season on the curse of oak island oh and there's definitely going to be a next season yeah so scott noted that uh they're they're digging uh, looks undermined really badly mm -hmm. and billy's kind of keep digging and rick notes that they they feel the ground moving steve says it's kind of like jello i wonder if steve's <laughs> walked on jello probably not not a lot of people have i don't i'm sure a few people i don't think have. anybody's actually walked on top of jello I, I think some people probably tried i know there's some <laughs> uh, uh youtube videos of like people putting swimming pools full of jello yeah but you can't walk on top well, of what it. are you gonna do walk inside of it yeah well i think they probably they probably tried to walk on it and they sink through and it's yeah, like stuck likely. in the middle they're they're their own jello jiggler <laughs> well yes it's like you can actually see the ground moving though and yeah, yeah of course there's a camera shake but i just uh, want to point out it's pretty easy to tell like because they've got those rods in the ground around them yep. and you can see what's shaking and i mean billy's undermining that's that's sketchy business he's a mover and a shaker literally yeah so yeah well steve says he's gonna go and take his elevations pretty quick he's and, like uh, peace he, out he i'm not sinking in out. the jello yeah. and uh so sure enough the ground kind of gives away a little bit but but rick keep, tells billy to keep digging <laughs> get to work i don't care i want to i want to get to I need it. answers yeah but there's a bunch of water starting to trickle in and uh then rick finally says he's not sure if it's worth continuing anymore because um the water just keeps finding a way to recirculate recirculate itself in to what they're doing so it's kind of a lost cause at this point they need that what they decide is they kind of do need that copper dam yeah they need the copper dam and even if they were going to be digging a trench to like redirect water that they don't have the time for that now they're running out of time mm -hmm. we're against the clock mm -hmm. yeah so I mean, Rick tells Billy kind of, well, let's clean it up, scoop it back in, 
kind of done here for the time Fill being. in the jello. Yeah. Uh, Clotworthy does explain yep. about the plans for the coffer dam, and it looked like it was going to be in a different location than when they first initially planned it. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, when Irving Equipment Limited was uh, doing some teleconferences with them earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, we'll 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 cross that bridge when we get here. We don't yeah. know what's happening with coffer dams yet. We don't, and I don't expect we would i'm sure conversations are being had and they wouldn't be putting something like that in until they can figure out the artifact situation right so they didn't expect to find that giant piece of wood they're not looking to uh put a giant piece of iron through it it's nope no and and the one they showed like completely encloses it Mm -hmm. which makes me it looks like a giant swimming pool like Mm -hmm. a square one i'm like Man, if you want to work inside of it, so you have to leave your equipment in there if you're going to use like a a billy trowel. Or you crane it in. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't crane them in like every day, too. No, well, you crane it in once. <laughs> Naturally. But I'm also thinking, man, you got to like climb. You got your little stairs. Every day you're like, I got to climb the copper dam. Yep. No, it's what they it do. just, it's a, it's it seems of, like a new workflow. It's part of their life going forward. It is what it is. It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So there was a little side interview with Rick that said that, or he said it's disappointing and it's a roller coaster ride, and they have the chance to answer questions about the Stone Pathway. And to him, there's going to be some answers there. So the remainder of their year is going to be focused on that. Mm-hmm. Go with what we already have, right? Follow yeah. the evidence. Mm-hmm. That's what Dan would have said. Sure. Okay. He's- so we go from there to a different part of the swamp. Yeah, so eastern edge, eastern edge of the swamp. Yeah, who's working out there? Uh, we got Rick, Craig, Doctor Spooner, Aaron, Gary, and Billy. 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 Yep. Aaron is saying that they need to see where the stones go, and Gary says that he'll get to start. You know, he'll get to detect him. Well, maybe he can find something within the pathway, right? Well, he finds something. All right. And doesn't even need his metal detector for it. No, he, he has his eagle eyes. He has his dual optical scanners, mm. as he says. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. In this episode? I think he oh. said it in this. He says it in a lot of episodes. I don't though. think I've ever caught that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, because he said like treasure hunting. He used to like just walk around as a kid and pick stuff up off the ground. So yeah. he's kind of got a keen eye for that. Yeah. And apparently that proves to be true here. Yeah, so, yeah, that is the case. So, Aaron says that Billy is at a good depth of what they're di- where they're currently digging, mm-hmm. and uh, he, they spot what could be more cribbing, you know, and so that caught their eye, and that's what they're distracted with at the moment, but then we go over to Gary to make his find, mm-hmm. and he found something with his keen eye that we were talking about, not his metal detector. He calls Rick over immediately to check it out, and they note that it's a definitely, uh, like, a square, like... Yeah, like a like a legit square. Yeah, like, like a carpenter's like a tool. tool or a mason's tool. Yeah, and so Gary waves, then waves Aaron over with great enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, Aaron, get over here, He's mate. Like, Come join the party. Yeah. And they show him the artifact, and Ian says that it's it's got to be a tool. Aaron agreed. Uh, likely something architectural um, is what uh, Ian was saying, mm-hmm. like a carpenter's square or um, you know something to that uh, to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it- he, looks like something i used to use in art school like i used to carry that big thing around with me this one's much smaller (laughs) 
Yeah, I've seen your 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 square. It looks like an axe that you want to get hit. It's it's with. not a battle axe it square. Like it has like two like, points on each end. Like because I really like a, big pieces. And... Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a giant T square square that you can beat people with. <laughs> so they're not made to beat people with. That's good because it'd be scary. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone has been beaten with. I'm sure it has happened. Yeah. I, I have no doubt. But, uh, but not by me. Good. No, it makes it unsquare. So, you know, might want to use something different. Yeah. Ian says that this is something that they can date. So it might be more important than they even think at this point. Uh -huh. and it's like, yeah, that's, that's that's a big deal with it being wood. And maybe we get a date on it later in the episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So there's a little side section here going to the research center. Yeah. Marty arrives to check in with Doug and Gary and they show him that wooden artifact. And uh, that was found by Gary, which Marty said calls cool. Mm -hmm. like it is cool and exquisite. And he asks what they think it is. And Doug says that he's looked through shipwriting tools, old carpenter tools, and it came up as a stonemason's tool. To dun, which, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, Gary applied bloody H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> that's what that's what Gary was saying. Oh. Yeah, so um then what happened? Uh, Marty says, obviously, it's used for right angles. I concur. Mm -hmm. And Doug says uh, that form follows function. So. Yeah, that's what we all thought. That's yeah, right. Thought, that's yeah. how we got to the fact that it's a stonemason's tool. Yeah. And Clotworthy, you know, of course, goes on to remind us about Oak Island and Freemasons and the connections there. Yeah. And Marty calls it really cool. Says it's nicely crafted. Maybe Masonic connections. Could it be? Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, it's useful. It's practical. I, I find it interesting that it's over on the side that uh, they also had the plumb bob, potential yeah. plumb bob mm -hmm. come up. Yeah. Um, not about that. We haven't talked about that in a few weeks. Mm -mm. Uh, let's see here. What else came over on that side? We had the ring bolt. We had like the stone that had a chunk taken out of it. Oh, yeah. That giant pole with big old stakes in it that could have been from I, building a war. The the prior thing you just mentioned was mm -hmm. that the thing where you said that you put the staff of raw in and yeah, but the one about the staff of raw was the by... one up on the oh by the uh, pine tar kiln. Yeah, yeah, so up on lot fifteen. But this one looks very similar it's so to much, it. <laughs> so much stuff going on all the time that it's like I was which part which 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 find was that. And people mm. think that they don't find anything and they don't no, ever it's... make any discoveries. Oh and I'm my gosh. Like, I can't keep track of all the discoveries. It happens so often. Well, I kind of have this weird, like, I have this, like, list going kind of like oh. of location and what's been found okay. where. So that, like, at the end of the season, we can have a little bit of a. Are you going to give it to Guppy so he can add it to his interactive map? No, because I'm sure he already has a <laughs> wonderful map, interactive map. I'm going to bring my most updated map to pregame Ooh, pregame tonight pregame tonight five o'clock pacific eight o'clock eastern exactly oak island podcast at facebook dot or uh oak island pod no 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 facebook.com slash oak island podcast yeah that right one. there right there <laughs> be there right. square that's right all right so marty finishes that <laughs> meeting with doug and gary by uh saying hey well, let's put it in line for carbon dating uh -huh. and uh that's the first thing and the second thing he's going to ask Gary, um, what do I always say? Is the second thing. <laughs> and he says, uh, that was nice, but go out and find some more. That's mm -hmm. what Gary replied. And uh, Marty says, well, 
I hate to be so predictable, but yep. Let's go. <laughs> and a shout out to Tom Burns. He uh, had posted a picture recently. I think it was over in our friends, uh, the Curse of Oak Island and beyond in that group. Uh, a picture of the bag that the Mason Square was in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love that because yeah. I like to do further investigating. Of course you do. And it on the bag says it was found back in August. And I wanted to give a shout out to Jeff Freeman because the bag and well one of the hosts of the curse of oak island and beyond uh their show they do a great job i know who you are of course and he always calls it the nolan peninsula right Mm -hmm. what does the bag say it says the between it's like one part of the swamp and nolan's peninsula it is Boom. officially named that because he was like, I don't think it's actually named that. No, it is. It's on the Ziploc bag. Well done. Well done. You named it. You did. Jeff, that's your Nolan's Peninsula. That's right. <laughs> but well, I was shocked to see it named Nolan's Peninsula. And I wanted to give Jeff a shout out for that because it's kind of a big deal. He always says, I don't think it's actually called that. But it is. But it is actually well called that. That's what we get. All right, cool. So um, let me go through my notes here because mm-hmm. we, we uh, kind of go away from uh, the swamp. But do we come back? Well, oh, let's see here. Oh, we yeah, spent we some time on lot 25 and yeah. lot 20. But we do get back to the swamp. Exactly. And we've got Gary and David Fernetti doing some metal detecting mm-hmm. near the stone pathway. One one thing. Is yeah. it a stone pathway or is it a stone road? Like, they keep switching up the terminology here. Stone features. Stone I want to know which thing. one it is. I think I think it's a stone road. But how do we like? Do we just like what if it turns out not to be a stone like road or pathway? It's definitely a stone road. What if it's a highway? Road. It's made with brick and wood. It's a road. Okay. I know. That's what I was saying earlier in the season. That it's you, it's like settlers of Catan in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the islands even broken up accordingly. Yeah. And they probably have like uh they probably had sheep on the island at one point. Uh, probably. Yeah. So if you you guys if you never played Settlers of Catan, you're missing out. Great board game. You should great Real board game. game. Apparently Steve Guptill is a big fan of Risk though. <laughs> Saw that on a post on Facebook. Today. He just wants to take over the world. Whatever. Hmm. Yeah, and you don't because you hate Risk. I I don't even remember the last time we tried to play yeah. Risk. Not to mention I, as I pointed <laughs> out. It's more than a two-person game. So, so, so why Settlers is it Catan my is fault? A three-player game too. What? You'll play Settlers Catan. That's a three-player game minimum. Yeah, but you'd have to get someone else that wants to play Risk. Okay, I bet I can find lots of people. Can you? I bet there's a lot of people listening right now that would jump to play Risk. Okay. With us. <laughs> when we make it to Oak Island, maybe we can see if Steve has enough time to play Risk. He's busy. Nah. <laughs> He's, He's too busy for that. Oh, let's play Risk in the War Room. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Can you make it happen? Oak Island people. Peeps. Yeah. That would be epic. That would be. All right. <laughs> let's go back to the swamp. Okay. All right. So David pulls out, like they're doing that metal detecting. David uh, had found this long piece of iron. Uh-huh. It was like three feet long-ish. And Gary calls Rick over immediately. And Rick's like, they're like Flash seem like right yeah he says he doesn't need to ask what they found because well i could see it it's huge huge, yeah 
Rick noted that that piece of iron is bent and looks broken at the top. Mm -hmm. Gary imagined that the top like complete into a circle mm -hmm. and thought it might be another ring bolt. And mm -hmm. Rick was like, yeah, it could be. So that was pretty neat. I don't think so. Sorry. Hey, but it could, it could have been like, if it's the first time looking at it, like your immediate gut reaction. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agree. That's like, Hey, that could be a ring bolt because when they took the other one to Carmen leg, he's like, yeah, this is a ring bolt for wood and mm -hmm. it's shorter mm -hmm. and they see something longer. We're like, Oh, well that might be a ring bolt for a boulder. It was huge. It was pretty big. And it I don't know. It didn't look so broken to me on the top. It looked like a hook. I heard several. I Gary looked at it closely and he's like, yeah, maybe that's broken. No. So. Well, it's at least bent, which yeah. I guess would make it broken. Whatever. Yep. So Rick suggested that David take it over to Aaron Taylor, Dr. Aaron Taylor, to render an opinion on. So Of course. Got to get his opinion. In a side interview, Rick said that the bar is an inch and a quarter of solid steel. And that took a lot of force to bend. But why? What? Uh, he has no idea. And uh, that's why they try to apply science to everything and how they have uh, people to take a closer look and get a greater understanding of the purpose. Like all these experts that mm -hmm. they have in there. It needs to go to Carmen. Yep. So yeah. David Plain shows up, right? Yeah, so David is carrying this giant, his own version of the Staff of Ra, to Aaron. Mm -hmm. And his, as Aaron points out, his hands are covered in charcoal. Yeah. Marty and Miriam, or sorry, not Marty. Miriam and Alex were hanging out with Aaron when they arrived. So mm -hmm. they got to check it out, too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. His hands were covered in charcoal. They were all... Um, uh, They're all smudged. Smudged. Hey, he didn't know about the smudge test. He did Mar after Miriam showed he, him. He, well, Miriam, Miriam's the one that showed him about the smudge no, test. Was it him that? Yeah. I thought it was Alex. No, no I guess David. it was him. So he's, he's carrying it. Mm -hmm. And this is post smudge test. She's probably like, you should have known. You should have been able to identify that. <laughs> so it was definitely burnt if he's covered in charcoal just yeah. carrying it from the swamp over there mm -hmm. and aaron first thing you know besides noticing that and the fact that it's been severely burned multiple times yeah. uh or in the burning down of a structure mm -hmm. it'd be something to do with large ships Oh yeah, girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's excited. We're talking about ships in the swamp, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Oh yeah. Plotworthy gets excited about it too. Heck yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, speculates if it's related to the wooden railing found last week. Or could it be part of the ship shape anomaly from a couple years ago? Could it? Could it? Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. So um Aaron thanks David for showing it to them and suggested that they take it to the research center. And I guess uh, we'll find out more next week because we know they take it to Carmen Leg. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that's it with the swamp this episode. Correct. So we have a couple lots and we have. We can talk about the Samuel Ball Foundation next or we could talk about the theorist stuff. Because we had uh, Philip Stevenson on. So you want to talk about his stuff first? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. All right, cool. All right, so we go to 
War Room. Yeah, we got Rick, Marty, Craig, Alex, Doug, Steve, and Paul Troutman uh, welcoming Oak Island researcher to the War Room, Philip Stephenson. Stephenson, correct. Yeah. So Philip says that his journey um, looking into all this stuff began 25 years prior Mm -hmm. because his father's sister had Masonic regalia from Robert Deonston Stephenson. And the initial interest for him uh, was that this was part of his family. Mm -hmm. And his family member was a Freemason. And when he reached inside that um, Masonic regalia, they pulled out a piece of paper that contained a series of symbols on it and text in English. Which, that would be a really cool find. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine you're going through like your family's stuff and you're like, whoa. Oh, this, this, this is big. Yeah yeah it's pretty good that would be for me very exciting at least yeah so he shows the team the cipher on paper and he says that what jumped out to him were the symbols on it and it looked like the symbols on the 90 foot stone Mm -hmm. and very uh, much so yeah and he he considered this to be a masonic cipher and marty says that uh yeah it sure looks like the symbols from the 90 foot stone or at least what we think they look like Mm -hmm. because they didn't have any rubbings or pictures of 90 foot stone for whatever reason yeah even though it was around during the time where we had photography available it just never ended up happening yeah but like what we think the 90 foot stone looked like this Mm -hmm. looked exactly like it like the same kind of symbols absolutely it was like yeah i'm pretty uh spot on glad you had seen the show and uh if we've got a way to further transcribe this stone it's gonna be important could be so uh philip says that he noticed that the numbers all appeared in the la formula cipher as well and i'm thinking about numbers what is he even talking about that must be later on when he's uh pulling numbers out of it but like we hadn't seen any numbers at that point Mm. but that's what he said yeah probably when he was pulling them out and looking at the yeah yeah but i think like just connecting it to the la formula it got their attention and it's really excited that these guys because craig says well, this is this is amazing. Marty says this is really mind-boggling and interesting. So, they're in. Mm-hmm. We did have a flashback to 2016 with uh, when Zena Halpern presented the maps and Correct. the formula cipher to Rick and the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marty says in a side interview that the Masonic symbols and whatnot, uh, it whatever it certainly uh, lends credibility mm-hmm. right out the door to this stuff. To yeah. Him. It can help kind of link all these pieces yeah. together. Yep, for sure. And Rick says that this presentation gives him great, that it, this presentation itself gives great credence to the La Formula cipher. Agreed. And so. then Philip uh, says that he believes the cipher gives navigational instructions, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say where from, unfortunately. Boo. And, and that's even been the issue with like Aaron's idea um aaron helton and the money pit right Mm -hmm. if we don't know where we've started we don't know where we're how to get where we're going yeah but man you could sure take some good guesses you can that's what they do here process of elimination right so geez the, the first two uh i guess the line two of the um cipher that he had found on the masonic regalia mm-hmm. uh translate out to heading from altar mm-hmm. and so they knew they had to find an altar but he thinks that 
if there has to be somewhere on Oak Island that would be an altar, the most obvious place would be the center of Nolan's Cross because it represents a cruciform church and that the altar would be at the center of the church. It depends on the altar and what church. Yeah, I know. And uh, when I think of like altar, I think of getting on your knees. So what? why not the bottom stone, like the uh, Coney of Nolan's Cross? Or could be, maybe it's not Nolan's Cross at all. Maybe it's something else. Maybe the altar is the stone triangle that got destroyed back in the, what, the 1960s or whatever, uh -huh. in the Dunfield uh, excavation. What if the HO stone was the altar? I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there now. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of times churches are built and shaped in this cross yeah. form, right? And we've mm -hmm. talked about this on, with previous episodes, how I was saying that the, um, the axis of the church you know, like the center of the cross oftentimes is closer to like a east west bearing yep mm -hmm. and nolan's cross kind of sort of yeah it's kind of off kilter yeah though. and thinking about i don't know where altars are in churches also depends like i said on the religion and yeah all that fun stuff uh, traditionally ours has been like at the front so what if it's you know the above the headstone like Could what be. if like you said it's at the foot what if it's at the uh i don't know yeah i know but like traditionally catholic uh -huh. kind of things you know like uh uh the cathedrals and stuff they're shaped like crosses mm -hmm. i think they're usually kind of in the center mm -hmm. so yeah know. but takes we don't thinking. know what religion we're looking at or dealing christianity, with christianity if nothing else <laughs> well yeah but very the cross is still <clears throat> universal across. yeah but yeah when when you think about it though like the templars mm -hmm. they were uh chased out by the pope so they mm -hmm. probably uh turn away from uh uh catholicism huh yeah so more <laughs> protestant yeah. or yeah i don't know <laughs> uh, that that was kind of the whole big deal if you will big but, deal yes <laughs> uh so oh there's so many things and the altar depending on the language but mm -hmm. they did say that it was in french, french and which, they translated to english mm -hmm. yeah. depending on the language you can also have like a breakdown in communication there what what does altar mean in this particular instance and is it a symbology situation right it could be could it be could it, could it? Be. all right so no Oi. we have clotworthy recapping nolan's cross and how nobody's quite sure what it represents but many people consider it to and they well what they believe is that it indicates that the treasure is of religious origin copy so, that yeah possibly all right so and hopefully i, I needed need to be that the ark of the covenant all right so uh philip uh, the theorist uh, believes that the Templars found religious artifacts. So they brought them to Oak Island. He thinks he knows exactly where to find them. That gets their attention. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So Philip explains that when you navigate from the altar, if geometric north is straight up, then the first line of the cipher reads minus 21 degrees. All right. So then he says, uh, uh, he explains it being 45 degrees minus 21 degrees gives 24 degrees at a distance of 522 feet. And I'm thinking to myself, huh? Like, I, I didn't get where he I haven't gone degrees. further into this yeah. yet. We're just going to, like, yada yada this for now. Well, Maybe we're we'll going to explain the numbers 
let's say what the numbers are because we can always have another discussion and go further in. Yeah, this. like literally, I took notes and I watched this and I was like, I, I don't not... know where they got that 45 degrees, but I'm sure it's something I'm just missing. So uh, then they give the next heading is 145 degrees minus the 21 degrees that, you know, because that's what the mm -hmm. scientist said. And it gives 124 degrees at a distance of 1,065 feet. See, like, this is stuff where we're like, okay, but we didn't see how they got there. But mm -hmm. at, earlier on when okay. I said uh, he was talking about the numbers, this mm -hmm. must be what he was referring to. And we just missed something. Yeah. They literally have five minutes to explain it all. <laughs> well, and I'm just looking at, so if we're using the headstone as the altar and you're taking straight up as your geometric north, that's okay. going to intersect the 90 degree angle at the headstone, okay. half of 90 degrees, 45. Yeah. And then he, if you're negative and your first step is to start with that, um, with that direction, mm -hmm. then that would make sense. Okay. Next. Wait, is this a layered thing? A layered thing? You said negative. Negative, <laughs> negative Nevin. That popped into my head. My bad. Well, I don't think layered's that negative. No, he he's fantastic. All right, so um, what you end up with, it, it, when he, when all is said and done, you end up with point Z mm -hmm. or Z. Depending on the country you're in. <laughs> yeah, um, which it then says on the sixth line from marker, 40 feet. And um, he can only conclude that, conclude that once you get to point Z is when you have to go down 40 feet because um, literally... There's no other direction mm -hmm. mentioned, so the only way to go is down. Mm -hmm. And that's where the vault will be. Marty is excited about this. He says it's excellent. Steve goes on to say that um, they have this survey from 1988, the Behringer survey, and that point Z is very close to the one of the non-ferrous targets, mm -hmm. target three, from the survey, and they haven't explored it yet. So That's exciting. That is exciting, and that's what, they get, that's what they're planning on doing now. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the side interview, Rick says, well, let's get the rig and put it over the site and drill. Yeah. He's like, we're looking for our next place. This looks good. Yep. And Marty says that this is very interesting stuff and that nobody in this meeting is not going to not want to go check that out. And so Alex noted at the very end that there's a lot pointing to the same place. So mm -hmm. let's go dig So why not? Yeah. And Craig says, uh, let's go mark out uh, Zed and see what 40 feet brings us you know mm -hmm. Let, let's see what is 40 feet down yeah. they do thank uh, philip for the presentation and uh, rick says that he's very hopeful and um let's do it Why so not? i guess we go on to lot 20 from there huh yeah because let's move right into what they did yep so, uh choice sonic drilling is out there yeah setting up the drill rig at point z zed zed uh <laughs> and being surveyed Yep. supervised not surveyed well i guess it was surveyed because <laughs> steve would have to go out there and be like boop here's a uh, point z point z and but it's being supervised by terry uh for the borehole ps1 is, is that, that what they called it is that playstation one did they call it ps1 they did his name is philip stephenson oh it's I was his like, first PS borehole. doesn't make sense okay man he has a borehole named after him where's the dw one huh yeah <laughs> um so steve if they named the dw one i'd be like that's my borehole okay well i would name mine d-a-m <laughs> W. no <laughs> so 
a funny story. So my first name is Deidre Ann. Yep. And there's not, a space. It's, it's not just Deidre. No, my well, first name is Deidre Ann. There is a space. It's two words, one name. Yep. And when I proposed to her, I actually got on my knee and said, Deidre Ann, will you marry me? In case there's another Deidre standing around. Well, because I, I need to do it right. Because like I no one ever calls you Deidre Ann. Very, very, very rare. few people. Your mom. Usually when I'm in trouble. Yes. Um, <laughs> and my middle name's Michelle. Yeah. And my grandma always thought it was funny because my, and my main name's Shepherd. So she always thought it was hilarious that my initials were Damn Shepherd. D A M S. Damn Shepherd. Yeah. So I would make mine just damn. Okay. So I would uh, use, like, I would make a character in World of Warcraft named mm -hmm. D A M S, Dams. Mm -hmm so that i can play world of warcraft with you because you won't do it with which me. is just weird yeah. like it's kind of creepy too <laughs> like well you had your story about it that's my story yeah <laughs> yours, yours is, is creepy yours is a little bit better mine's definitely better okay. so now that that's over okay uh we get lot to 20 yes What's lot 20 <laughs> for ps1 and they put a giant x on the ground and i was highly disappointed they didn't put a z on the z on the ground kind of should have they, they put an X there, and they totally missed the opportunity to put a Z. Like, that would have been perfect. Oh, oh well. Nah. They should have put a three. It was actually Behringer Survey Spot 3, so. Well, it wasn't right on Behringer Survey Spot 3. Ish. It was on point Z that they marked with an X. Ish. You know, because I have so much say in what happens on yeah. the island. So Steve, Charles, and Scott were there with Brennan from Choice Sonic yep. drilling. And uh, Terry and Steve say that they're looking for a, a treasure uh, chamber today. Yes. Wow. What a, big words, Steve. Big words. Big words. Yeah, like that's like that's like. Geomatics is a big word. Okay. Uh, they get the first sausage on the operating table. Chamber? <laughs> it's not that big of a word. No, I'm not saying it's a big word. I'm like those are. That's big... actually exactly what I say. Those are big words, not not like actual big words, like. <laughs> Figuratively, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? All right. All right. So they get the first choice sausage on the operating table. Charles mm -hmm. likes what he's seeing. Good. Terry says that he doesn't see any signs of disturbance. So, so far, so good. So if far, we're not disturbed. If they're tunneling in, you know, they don't want this spot right here mm -hmm. messed with. So that's good. All right. So in an interview, Rick says that the a great, it's a great thing when a theorist will say, here's your ex. Dig here. And he's saying that this location is only about 40 feet down. Uh, it's just a simple matter of putting the rig over the site and finding out whether or not there's a vault there. Here's your Zed. Zed. It's Here not your X, it's your Zed. Exactly. Is it, should it be Zed marks the spot now? Zed marks the spot. Well, it didn't this time. Oh. Oi. Wah, wah. Well, maybe, you know, off by an inch, off by a mile. Off by an X? Should have used a Z. Yeah, I don't know that Steve's equipment works right. Like, I think it's, I think he's off. I think he's off a lot. <laughs> Just kidding, Steve. <laughs> because it's his equipment. It's supposed to... No, Dan Hensky he's needs to tell him where yeah. to go. Yeah, of course, Dan Hensky. He's barely been around the season. I, I know. It, it's COVID. They had to restrict him. I know, and I know but it's always good to see him. All right. Of course, they had a virtual. Maybe next episode. <clears throat> All right, so uh, Steve brings over another sausage casing, mm -hmm. um, and it's from 29 feet. Yep. Terry says that the bl blue gray till um, is what they're looking at. And Charles mm -hmm. says that this is the stuff that you want over your treasure vault. 
if you're going to do a tunnel mm -hmm. and you want this hard stuff over the top to protect it. And Terry agrees and says, this is exactly what you want to see for a treasure trove at depth. Correct. So, Woohoo. Woohoo. Uh, Terry says that their next target um, will be that, or that their target will be coming up in the next core. Mm -hmm. And so they get, uh, there's uh, like almost a commercial, there's a commercial coming, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they say, wow, what's that? You know, like a yeah. little, like a little They're cliffhanger. They're so excited. <laughs> Holy cow. What's, what's coming up? And uh, it's, it is pretty funny, but right when they got back from the commercial, they're, uh, they bring over this uh, piece and they're immediately like, oh, <laughs> like it wasn't as exciting as we well, thought. Well, it was a chewed up boulder. Yeah. So like it went through a 10 foot boulder. Yeah. Um, And what do you remember what I said? What? Well, they, they hopefully there were no markings on it because they just put a giant hole through 90 foot stone number two. Yeah, but it's only like a four foot, four inch. And when we're talking about 10 feet, yeah, it's probably in a space or something. Okay. There's so a good chance they missed what if words. they, it's like as if, okay. So let's say they dig it up and it's got symbols all over it, like the 90 foot stone. Okay. And you put a big old four inch piece right, right through it. Okay. Well, actually it's six inches. What if? But, and then there's a big hole in it. And it's the one section that says that in order to decipher this, you use code word taco. Well, taco you'll bell. never know because it is now in smithereens in the sausage casing. Treasure hunting's messy work. Sorry. It is messy work. Is I was just saying Billy Straw may have done it as well. Okay. That That's all I was going. All right. Through. Well, yeah, I hear you. We got to get through this now because uh, I know we got we got time crunch. We got coming. time crunches. I get it. All right. So um, yeah, I mean they didn't find it. It was too bad. So sad. It was. Um, in a side interview, Rick says that there are all kinds of possibilities, and that uh, and that's what's disconcerting. But uh, you have to follow where the clues lead you. Mm -hmm. It's a typical Oak Island. Here's a little clue, guys. Uh, <laughs> you may want to go take a look and see if and see if you want to go somewhere else mm -hmm. like he thinks that the island is teasing him it kind of is it's classic oak is. island and marty says it, it's very valid he's just not sure they know where the altar is very true i concur yep and so um steve did say that it's unfortunate there's no treasure vault right here mm -hmm. but charles replied well we know where it isn't mm -hmm. so he's always on the positive oh, side yeah. of things you know? very optimistic all right, so we're going up to uh, lot 25. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about the Samuel Ball Foundation. Samuel Ball. And he's baller. He's a baller. Well, he might be. He has a giant root cellar and uh, it has a mysterious door, maybe. Possibly. So Charles, Scott, um, both of those guys joined Laird and Liz over mm -hmm. on the Ball Foundation. Uh, Clotworthy kind of gave a little bit of a background on Samuel Ball, as he does. Uh, Charles asked Laird if it was this area was too big to be a root cellar, and Laird said that that's a good question because it seems to be the case. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit on the big side, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, Laird suddenly finds a hinge. What do you got? Got a hinge. Got a hinge. A hinge. He doesn't have trials anymore. He has a hinge. He was really excited about it. Can we hear that again. What do you got? Got a hinge. <laughs> A hinge. It's what's okay. behind door number one. A hinge. We got a hinge. Yeah. <laughs> now a trowel. Yeah, he also found some wood, and Liz noted that uh, it was nice. 
that it uh, was found near the stairs. And Laird says that the uh, positioning of it um, is significant. Yeah. So, cool, cool. Laird says that uh, he he starts uh, cleaning off the area a little bit more and he found like where he found that hinge mm-hmm. and he found a wooden door that's kind of like embedded in the flooring mm-hmm. that, and he said he's never seen anything like it before yeah it sounded like it was super fragile and it's nice to see liz and how much work her and laird have been doing because like whoa 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 yeah. the thing's very uncovered yeah and so Charles says that they wouldn't have floorboards in a root cellar. And Laird says, no, likely just some cobble or heavy rocks. And Laird laughs and says that they've got even more work to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, oh, yay. yay. <laughs> He's been yay. busy. Yep. We'll have to ask him about it when we have him on. Yep. And so uh, we come back to Lot 25 a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Rick, Gary, and David Fernetti arrive at the Ball Foundation with Scott and Charles mm-hmm. and uh, to talk to Laird and Liz. And uh, Laird shows Rick that um, what they called a hatchway or a doorway found in the cellar of the Ball Foundation. Mm-hmm. And Rick says, um, would I love to be a door in a, what? Uh, would I love it? Oh, would I love for it to be a, <laughs> to be a door in, or an opening in the floor? Absolutely. Who knows what it is? A door that fell into the cellar. Yeah. Maybe. That's funny. It's a hinge. It's an hinge. All right. So um, Gary asks how much of the door is there, how much is still intact. And Liz, mm-hmm. Liz tells him that they've got a good number of boards, but it's pretty partial. Mm-hmm. Um, Laird takes some shots with his camera. And then he asks Gary to take a look at the hinge. And he found the prior day because he, uh, he'd love to know what he has to say. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, how the tables are turned. How the turntables have turned. Yeah, well, I'm like, because like they, like when they first met, like Gary wasn't a fan of Laird, right? No, but they're like best friends yeah. now. They Chums. tag team Mates. champions. Yeah. Is that the term? Sure. Okay. I just, I just thought it was cool that he um, wanted to uh, get Gary's opinion because mm-hmm. Gary knows stuff. Gary does know stuff. He knows stuff. And uh, Laird noted that it was, uh, that if it, noted that it was small and Gary agreed and said that it might be too small for a cellar door, but he speculated that it might be a strap hinge. Like you'd see on a chest or a box. Gary always with the treasure connections, right? Well, yeah, of course. Has to pull He's a treasure back hunter. Treasure. Yeah. What's he going to do? Yeah. We did get a flashback of Kelly Barasa finding what was uh, a hinge mm-hmm. um, last, uh, it was last season. Yeah. Yeah. At, in the same uh, lot 25. Mm-hmm. And Claude really wondered if the two artifacts were related. Maybe. Could it be? I mean, they were on the same site. Yeah. Uh, Gary gives Laird lots of props and says that what they've done uh, extremely well here, or he says that they've done extremely well here and uh, what they've found in what they've found and uncovered. So. Woo-woo. So much work to happen at that ball site. It's just crazy. Yep. Rick tells him to keep up the good work. And good job, good job. I bet you that's exactly how he said it. Now we did have one other war room. Yeah. Uh, we right have... at the end of the episode, saving the best for last, uh, of course, because we're we're saving uh, the uh, Cheshire Cat grin, the Craig grin, the Craig grin. Uh, Rick, Marty, Craig, Laird, Miriam, Alex, Aaron, and from the research center, we have Steve, Jack, Doug, Gary, and Scott. Woo! It's a party. Everybody it a party. loves it when 
Craig delivers dates, us in particular. Oh, yeah. So they've gathered to get the carbon dating results for the wood mason, for the wood stone masons, potentially stone masons, masons tool. tool found in the swamp. Yep. Craig gives them a date range of 1632 to 1668. Dang. That's a really close, tight time frame. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, what, 30... 36 years off like mm -hmm. gap so yeah that's it's right in that range that's pretty sweet that's that's old yeah it, it's pre-searcher it, it's pre, pre money pre pit, the money pit which is great mm -hmm. and then even marty points out that the tool could have been used for many years maybe it was used for 10 years before or whatever it's yeah. still a long time for a t-square yeah Right. Well, he also asked Aaron about it, uh -huh. and Aaron was like shaking his head and kind of laughing, and uh -huh. he said it's a lot older than I thought it was, and he wasn't optimistic that it was pre-searcher, but he's happily surprised. This is his first rodeo as far as this year with the island, like messing with him. Get used to it, Aaron. If you're there for the long haul, uh -huh. <laughs> get used to it, bro. Classic Oak <laughs> Island. And then he he's thinking, whoops. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> he's in he's all in he's all in all right so um yeah there was a flashback in the war room to the james mcquiston um meeting and discussion mm -hmm. that they had a few weeks ago and uh, you know i think clotworthy was kind of speculating could this be proof that his theory was right because the dates lined up so closely yeah yeah and rick said that if they create a timeline timeline there's never been one of those in the war room wait it wasn't the name of the season finale last season was it last season or the season before no i'm pretty sure it was this last season wasn't it yeah possibly uh they'll see a group of uh, a grouping right mm -hmm. of artifacts now and marty replied that it happens to fit with just about everything like this whole 1600 to 1650 is kind of like a hot spot where this... they were sure they weren't going to, or at least Marty we're... was sure he wasn't ever going to find any kind of thing linking back to that time period. No. So, ha, Marty. Ah, Marty. Gotcha. He's all in. Yeah. Oh, man, he is definitely all in. So, uh, Jack from the research center says that it's lucky that luckily they've, they're finding evidence of pre money pit. And um, what is it about Oak Island that made people choose this? choose to build a large stone path here and like what the heck was going on here and i don't rick, know yeah well rick said well that's a question that he wished he knew the answer to <laughs> that, that's like the goal yeah so the there was like a little side interview with rick mm -hmm. and he said that the carbon dates are exceedingly interesting and mid 1600 but the more important issue is that the um the item has a purpose and he wants to know what the purpose is mm -hmm. and that the carbon dating is becoming even more interesting it is it, it's absolutely fascinating yeah so in an interview marty says that um the wooden instrument is from the mid 1600s mm -hmm. um what is it doing in our swamp on oak island i, I don't know one <sighs> answer 12 billion questions classic oak island classic oak island all right, so back to like the meeting stuff. Uh, Marty says that's very cool and old, and they have mountains of data. You would have heard of him saying that a couple of years ago. No, you wouldn't. Like he was driving down the road, I think, at the beginning of season five, and he's like, or season six, and he's like, eh, I'm like 
what 40 yeah. percent uh that something happened yeah and it keeps climbing now he's now he's saying oh well he's climbing because he has mountains of data now yeah he's like 100 percent uh something significant happened prior to the discovery of the money pit naturally from his own mouth all right so rick says uh that he thinks that he they can all attest to that and he and everybody does agree mm -hmm. um and i think the camera lingered on laird for a second and he's nodding even laird I'm, agrees yeah well it's it, you have the we undisputable? don't have the indisputable oh, one i'm sorry lame we used to have the undisputable or indisputable button well Oops. it's indisputable it's just the way it is it is all right so uh rick continues saying that they have an agenda in the southeast corner of the swamp and finding the x marks the spot where the pathway ends and Aaron agrees. And Rick Everybody did agrees. finish up by saying that uh, they're hopeful. And he thanks everyone for continuing to puzzle over all of this. And he's grateful for everybody. And, um, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. And I'm like, man, what a good guy. He's, he's just seriously. so appreciative of everybody. Yeah. And he is a hard worker. Yeah. Big heart. Yeah. Like, great guy and he just shows like he cares mm -hmm. and he's like so thankful for what everybody pours into this mm -hmm. and i think to myself a little bit you know i don't want to pat myself on the back or anything but like uh and Dieter hates this i don't know why like showing a little kindness never hurt anybody but we would we go through a drive-thru and i'm talking to the person in the drive-thru i'm like hey how's your day going and Dieter's like they don't care no. they don't want to talk to you they just want you to move you on with your life and i'm to thinking have... to myself no I just want to make sure that person's having a good day. And if I could brighten it up just even a little bit, I might as well do it. As someone that I'm not doing anything else at this moment. A high <laughs> volume, very fast paced retail mm -hmm. job for many, many, many years. Okay. okay? Uh -huh. I don't need you to slow me down and want to know my whole life story and let alone give me your life story. This is what you do. I just said, I no, hope you have a good day. No, it goes story. deeper. And then you have to tell them about treasure hunting. And no, then you have to not, tell them about what you're actually doing. Not in and the drive-thru. Oh, God, yeah. You're horrible about this stuff. And I'm like, just let the person do their job. You're actually making their numbers worse. So then their boss is going to be like, why are you spending all this time doing this? Well, this Mr. Chatty Mcchatterson it wants to give me his life story and me life give story. me his about? and so so just, that's the problem I I I'm, have. Being, it, I'm being super nice you are caring if about there's these people. a way to be nice and courteous and tell someone to have a great day like i i'm i'm pro that that's good you're you're like a let's pour some sugar on and be best friends for life i just want Very to make sure different. those people have a good day what's wrong with that and what if they're not what are, what are you gonna do then I, I hope I brighten it up a little tiny bit. That's my goal. Or maybe you hey. just brought up the fact that they're miserable. No. And now they're more miserable. I, no, I don't say, oh, it looks like you're having a bad day. Let me brighten it up for you. No, I just say I just say positive things and be like, yeah, well, I hope you have a good day too. There's too few people. Like there's the too few people it. that say, I hope you have a good day too in the world. I mean, I say that. Mm. No, I tell them to have a great day or whatever but you're like blah, 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 blah. there's a lot of extra anyway, words i just think that i'm probably like rick i bet you rick does sure that, i'm sure you're I'm rick we already know i'm a oh, marty we definitely know you're a marty let's get back to work you know you're you're explaining it go right find now. more like come on i think me and marty could be bffs you probably could 
Right. So actually, so we need to get back to work. No, but legit, Rick, thanks, everybody. And then Marty says, yeah, thanks. But let's get back to work. Exactly. (laughs) Hashtag team Marty. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of the episode. Well done. It was a good one. It It was was a a great episode. I love that uh, wood masons or stonemasons cool. That is super cool. And um, yeah. I mean, how many other things like that are they not finding because it's not metal? Yeah, I mean, he's using his twin optical scanners, but he can't below the surface. I know. And that's that's tough because, like, a lot of stuff could be getting missed. Exactly. But it is what it is. All right, so next week on The Curse of Oak Island, we've got Charles and David Frenetti taking that large piece of iron that uh, David found with Gary. And uh, they're going to Carmen Lake to check out. They're going to have him render an opinion, of course. Carmen says that it's something that would have been found on a ship or parts of a ship. Could it be? It could be. Alex is working on a computer in the research center with Rick, Charles, and a theorist. I didn't know who that was. Did you know who that was? I didn't take a close look. Okay. And Alex said that they that there were a couple of wharfs on Samuel Ball's property. And the theorist says, yes, Alex, and points to where they would be on a map. Then we have Tony Sampson. The tri- Tony! The triumphant return of Tony Sampson. He's seen... Uh, diving mm-hmm. searching the water and he says that they he has found the remains of a cribbing stone of the cribbing stone mm-hmm. and then a clip of the war room meeting where david frenetti says that they were 70 to 100 75 feet to 100 feet from the shore to which rick replied that's a huge wharf why do you need such a massive wharf hopefully we find out well the shore is gonna come out a little bit further and it's still a huge yeah. wharf yeah and then uh, back in the research center at the end of the preview, Alex says t- um, to Rick, Gary, and David, take a look at this. We found a coin. Gary says, well, you look at that. And Alex says, I think that's gold. Rick says it's stunning. And that's it. That's what we got. And that's tonight on the Curse of Oak Island. Yeah, at least in the United States. In Canada, yep. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. So that's the end of uh of uh the episode of uh the recap. Um, do we have anything else to chat about? We got caught worthy moments this oh, week. Oh, who won last week? None. Because oh. we've been trying to play catch up. My bad. And that's my fault. It is your fault. But you're gonna put them up right after this. Yeah. If anybody wanted to like transcribe them for me and just send them to me, that oh would my be, gosh, that would be killer. No, do <laughs> not do this because he's supposed to take over. Recording the clotworthy moments, uploading them, and doing everything, just like it's like yeah, that would be great because then it already been done. You can do this. <laughs> I, I have full faith in you. Okay. All let right. let let's, Dustin do this. All right. Let's hear the encourage. Con- let's hear the contenders for clotworthy moment of okay, the week. Okay. Clotworthy moment number one. A possible wood timber. Can you remember A that one? Possible wood timber. A possible wood timber yeah, that that's left in the swamp. Does that make you sad? It does, because I want to see it. Yeah. All right, so a possible wood timber is yes. going up against what? A metal hinge found in the stone foundation of Samuel Ball's home. A metal hinge. Could it be? So. What do you got? Got a hinge. <laughs> so we got hinge versus wood. Hinge versus wood. All right. So in order to uh, vote, mm-hmm. when, I, when I get this up in votable into a voting uh, situation, yes, you go to facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, find the group tab, click on the group for could it be an Oak Island podcast group, 
uh, the uh, vote will be there. Mm-hmm. And it'll also be on Twitter at twitter.com slash Oak Island Pod. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go through the page to find it. It is still just be, could it be Oak Island Group? Yeah. If you're not part of the group, mm-hmm. just search it. You'll find it. Yep. Come join us. It's a good time over there. Seriously. Uh, You can always connect with us on Instagram at Oak Island Podcast. We already told you about Twitter. Uh, Gmail is Oak Island Podcast at gmail.com. We do have a website, which is exciting. Oak Island Podcast.com. Yeah. Uh, We do have a couple of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. All right, so um, the first one is five star. It's from Tilda Jean. It says, just an FYI. And it says, not the proof is in the pudding, but the proof of the pudding is in the eating thereof. Wow. Deep. That's it. That's that. That's the review. Or that's the, uh, um, yeah, five star review. Oh, my gosh. Wait, we were talking about Jello, not pudding. That's this episode. This is from. Oh man! All right, so then we also had a five star review. That was deep. Thank you. We had a five star review from MD Duggan. Okay. It says, "Great show. Host play, hosts play, play, host pay close attention to the show, and always stay upbeat and keep the fun in the hunt. Check them out." Aw, thanks. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so so much for. These are the uh, best. Like we appreciate that. Yeah, and um, let me see here. We do have some emails. Yay! So we got to get through those real quick here. Yay! Emails. All right, so we have an email from KC. KC. Yeah, it says, um, "Love the show and love the podcast. I listen to a few different podcasts on Oak Island. I love the different points of view on your show. Thank you for being fun." Aw, thanks. Thanks, Casey. That was awesome. And we got another email. These were emails sent to us from our face or from our website. Awesome. Yeah. I checked. I I looked at them uh, so that they would disappear so you couldn't see them. Gee, thanks. Because I wanted to surprise you with them on on the podcast. All right. Okay. So then we have another podcast or another email from podcast listeners, Carolyn and Mike. Great. It says, uh, we love your podcast. Thank you for all the hard work you put into every episode. It helps us relive each show, and we are always amazed by how thorough you guys are. Very. Yeah. Uh, you guys have such a great di- dynamic and are so entertaining. While we never look forward to the show's season finale, you give us something to look forward to with the postseason interviews. Thanks again, and keep up the great work. Heart, 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 heart. Oh, thanks. Thanks for all the hearts. Mike and Carolyn. <sighs> I yeah I know the feeling like I'm not looking forward to the season finale but I am and I'm looking forward to the postseason interviews yeah we're gonna get a lot of good people on yeah I can't wait bang 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 too I think yeah I've had a couple things I well one I'm kind of shifting the scheduling on and then a couple of them are set it it's a lot of wheels that are turning. Yeah. So all of them are going to be awesome, but the, well, we, yeah. we do have one special interview. That's going to be so epic. Well, maybe well, they're all going to be, are epic, you but... talking about the one I'm trying? Oh, oh, it's going to happen. And it's going to be epic. So, um, you have way more faith in me than I do in me. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't set the bar a little lower. Please. No, no. You, you've proven to me time and time again, when I set the bar here, you go beyond it. I know, so. but if you keep raising the bar, then I can't go above it. Okay. <laughs> well, um, 
that's it for the episode, I believe. That is um, it for the oh, episode. We, you know what? There is one final thing. My bad. Oh, my pull. goodness. Well, we have a new patron. We have a new patron. Jan is a new patron. Thank you so much. Jan, thank you. So if you want to be cool like Jan, be cool and, like Jan. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast and you can be a patron and uh, help support the show. Yeah, help. You know, we have to pay for prizes. We have to pay for. Yeah. That's All what it basically stuff. does. It pays for Oak Island trivia prizes, and um, uh, maybe well, someday we'll upgrade some equipment and stuff. You know. Yeah, we also got to pay to host the platform each month and yeah. pay for the website it's, and all the stuff it's not free to do a podcast no but we love you guys yeah so uh thank you so much you guys are wonderful and uh i think that's it for this week that's it so we will see you tonight at 5 p.m pacific standard time for pregame eastern exactly yep pregame for uh season or season eight episode 23 yep. all right so i guess that's it all right well until next time could it be